here once more. Uh, welcome you who are with us here physically, but also to those who are joining us online. We really appreciate you being with us today. I pray that the message touch your, touches your heart. I, I actually know that this message is going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up. It's, it's, there's going to be something God's going to do in your heart that you're not, uh, uh, not having been aware of maybe that uh, was happening uh, in your life. But I believe that God's going to touch your heart this morning. I believe that he's going to change your life. I believe he's going to change your circumstance. I believe that as I speak this word that there is going to be a flow of life. We're going to be continuing on with our series that's centered around faith. As you know, I've always uh, opened this series up with Romans chapter 1, verse 17, where it says that the righteous will live by faith. And then also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says we live by faith, not by sight. So as believers, we are called to live by faith. In all areas of our lives, it's where we access the abundant life and the blessings of God. It's by faith. It's where we share the good news of the gospel with the people that don't know him. It's we do that because of our faith. And over the last few weeks, we've talked about having faith in God. And I've encouraged you to not despise the day of small beginnings, but to start small. And also that we would be encouraged to have a childlike faith. To keep it simple, and I'm going to continue on with this sort of a theme this morning, and I'm going to say, have faith in God. It's great to start small, it's great to keep it simple, but I want us to go with the kick this morning. Go with the kick this morning. Turn to the person next to you, just say, I've got no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <coughs> You will, you will... At the end of this message, I guarantee you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's pray. And I want you to pray this with me out loud so that we can all hear you. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Draw me closer to you in this message. Grow my faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Start small, that, that prayer, it starts small, and we kept it simple. Having faith in God is as simple as that. It's just as simple as that. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. True faith, I believe, brings forth a confident obedience to God's word despite circumstances or consequences. Don't fear or fret about being able to live this Christian life that we've been called to live because the Holy Spirit is God's gift and he enables us to live this life of faith. As we move forward under our own efforts, it's likely that we're probably going to fail in trying to live this Christian life. I know I, I fail many times in a week to live this life. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit and His guidance and walking in tune and in step with Him that I can do anything uh, at all in this Christian life. Because there is a transforming power available to all followers of Christ. Faith unlocks this power. To receive this transforming power, we must open ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through our faith our faith in God's Word. And I believe that faith is a gift from God and that He's given each of us 
a measure of faith. It talks about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given to you. Every one of us has been given a measure of faith. Faith is a gift. It's something that comes from God. We don't earn it. It is a gift. So how we use this measure of faith, if it grows or not, is up to us. It's up to you whether this faith, this measure of faith that you've been given is going to grow or increase. Paul actually clarifies how faith comes to us. He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. Everyone say Word. Word. There are two Greek words that are translated Word in the Bible. The two Greek words are Logos. Everyone say Logos. Not Lego, Logos, okay? It's not Lego, don't say it's not Lego, all right? I love Lego, it's a great thing to play with, especially watching my grandkids, they're so much better at it than I am. But, uh, so it's not Lego, it's it's Logos. And the second word is Rhema. Everyone say Rhema. It's a funny looking word. It's got a H in there, it's a silent one. It's not Rhema, it's just Rhema, okay? just, Just forget the H, it's good. So Logos often refers to the actual writings of Scripture or to Christ himself. Logos is the Greek word that is used in John chapter 1, verse 1, where in the beginning was the word. That word, word, is a Logos word. That's where the Greek word is. Luke chapter 8, in the parable of the sower, the seed is the word of God. In other words, that word again is a Logos word. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, uh, we we hear that uh, for the word of God is a two-edged sword. Again, that word word there, the Greek word Logos, that's what it means. There's other passages that you could look up for yourself as well. The Greek word rhema is also often translated as word as well. Rhema, it means it's, it's a spoken, it can be spoken or it can be in writing, it can be for an individual or for a group, uh, the word by which something is commanded or directed, it's something that's said clearly and vividly in unmistakable terms and in an undeniable language. A rhema word is the word that Simon Peter answered Jesus with in Luke chapter 5. We, we know the story perhaps. <clears throat> where uh, Peter's been out all night fishing and then Jesus is teaching on the side of the, the, the lake there and, and uh, Peter's come back in and, and Jesus has said to Peter, look, put your boat out a little bit deeper there, chuck your net out on the other side and you'll catch some fish. And Peter says to him, but Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word... I'll let down the net. That word there, it's, it's a rhema word. It's, a, it's, it's this word that we're talking about here this morning. In the New Testament, the rhema word carries the idea of a quickened word. And we understand that, that something happened when Peter put that net down. He caught an amazing catch of fish. So this, this whole thing about rhema word, it carries this idea of a, a, a quickened word. Perhaps we've experienced this as we've been reading the Bible. We're reading something that we've read before, yet this time, this time, a word, a phrase, 
verse makes our heart skip or it beats a little bit harder in our chest. It's been quickened to us. John 6, 63 says, It is the Spirit that quickens. That's the, new, uh, the King James Version says that. It says the Spirit that quickens. Now, this, this right here, I want you to, to really focus in on what I'm about to say because this is powerful. I learned this this week as I was preparing for this message for you this morning. Don't tune out right now. You, you're focused. Okay, you're with me? Okay. <clears throat> Are you sure you're ready? Because this is really powerful. Okay? You, you'll, you'll think, oh, my goodness me, that's amazing when you, you hear this. Okay, so I just want to make sure you're ready. You're focused. Ready? In dictionary.com, okay, dictionary.com, the word quickening means this. It's the initial signs of a baby coming to life that's felt by the mother as a result of that movement. It's the initial movement, the kick of a baby that says to mum, hey, I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm in you. That, when we start to understand this whole thing about quickening, it's amazing. This is where it starts to get real. The quickening lets us know that there is life here. So when the Holy Spirit quickens something to us, we suddenly understand that there's life in this passage. There is life in this verse. There is life in that verse that we've just read, that the Spirit of God has kicked within us and said to us, there is life. And I want to release life to you this morning because this, this word is alive in me and I want to release this, this life word to you this morning. You see, the, the, when we're reading something, we're listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit, suddenly we see something we've not seen before in His word and saw, or we saw it differently. But this time there's life in that word. I want to encourage you this morning, go with the kick. Go with where the Spirit of God has just jabbed you in the ribs. Go where the Spirit of God has just moved in your heart. It's something that not only you will see, it's something that other people will see as well. And I say that for the simple reason that there were many times where Jane and I were sitting down to watch television and Jane was heavily pregnant with our children, not all at the same time because they came out at different times and ages. Just, just saying, because some of you might be a bit confused. You know, there was times where I remember seeing Jane sitting on the, t on the sofa and her stomach would go from one side of her to the other side. It was bizarre. It was weird. But I knew that in those moments that there was life within Jane and that that life was, was kicking. It was, it was vibrant. It was happening in there. So we need to understand that the Spirit of God, when He kicks something to us, there's going to be life in that Word and it's going to take us to the place and the, uh, the, the, the breakthrough that we need. I believe that this also applies to prophetic words to words of knowledge, to words of wisdom that are given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There is life in that word because there is a kick that will come to us. 
John 6.63, this is the verse in, in full. It says that the, it's the Spirit that quickens. In the NIV, it says it's the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and they are life. They are life. It's why it's so important to be alert when we are reading the Bible, when we are sitting in church, when we are in our connect group, when someone says something like this, I just feel that, that, that God's got healing happening right now. You need to take that hold. If you need healing in that moment, you need to grab that Word and apply it to your life because there is life in that Word and that God will do something. If there's someone says to you, you know, uh, if you're suffering with a knee pain and someone says, Oh, you know what? I feel God's going uh, to heal knees today. It's a word of knowledge. It's the Spirit of God saying to someone for, for, to create faith, to establish faith in a person's heart that there is going to be a healing. And if you've got a bad knee, you need to jump all over that word and make that word yours. You need to grab a hold of it and say, God, I put faith in your word. Your word is true. Your word is life to me today. And I believe for healing in my knee in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that you need, whenever that happens, can you tell I'm excited? This, this is in me. I, I just really want to release this life word to you today. There's life there. When someone says there's breakthrough, when there's provision, you need to jump all over that sucker and take a hold of it. You need to grab it with both hands and not let it go. There's life. There's healing in it. At times, you know what? Logos and, and rhema, they can be interchanged. But generally, a logos word is described as a general word. It's a general knowledge of God. We can receive all the knowledge and the understanding that we need concerning God and His promises from the Bible. However, it's as Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. In that verse, that word, uh, the, the Greek word for, uh, for word there is rhema. It's not logos. In other words, what we're saying is that faith specifically comes by hearing the rhema of God, the rhema word of God, the life word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? So rhema is the faith word of God. That it, it, It's God who's giving a specific word to a specific person for a specific situation. In Hebrews 11.6 it says that without faith it's impossible to please God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the rhema of God. Without rhema it's impossible to please God. Without that faith word happening within us. Peter never walked on the water because of a Logos word, a general knowledge of God. You know what? how I know that? Because I've tried it. I know that because Peter walked on the water, that it's in the Word of God. It's a general word. It's a, it's a story that we know has is, is, is historically happened. You know, Peter walked on the water. It's a Logos word to me. You know what? Every time I've tried to step out on the Logos word, walking on water, and don't tell me that I'm the only one that's done this. All right, you at the swimming pool, you, I know, I know, you, you just stood at the side, and, I'm going to walk on water. And <laughs> every time I've sunk, every, so don't you laugh at me. I know, I know. See, I've not had a rhema word to walk on water. And guess what? I've never walked on water. If I had of, guess who would know? 
every single person I could ever talk to. No. Peter needed Jesus to give him a specific word. Peter said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. Jesus said, come. We know the rest. That Jesus, sorry, Peter, he's walked out. Jesus gave Peter this rhema word. It brought forth from Peter a faith action. It was something that he stepped out on. Peter walked on the water because he'd received a quickened, life-giving, spirit-filled word that sustained him on the water. Let's apply this passage to the, uh, uh, from looking at Peter to what we talked about last week in the simple faith that we have. Okay, where I talked about out of Luke, sorry, Mark chapter 10, verses 14 to 16. People were bringing children to Jesus to have him bless them. The disciples said, uh, 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 we're not having any of this. Okay, so then Jesus, he gets ticked off with the disciples. He says, don't stop the children from coming to me. He says, uh, for the kingdom of God, God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who won't receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. Jesus took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and he blessed them. See, Jesus told us to keep it simple, to have a childlike faith. And then he shows us what a simple childlike faith looks like. Jesus took the kids in his arms. Jesus put his hands on them and Jesus blessed them. That's what a a childlike faith has, a simple faith has. So if we apply that passage to Peter here walking on the water, to the, this whole passage about keeping it simple and like that, uh, having faith like a child, Peter let the word given to him by Jesus sustain him as he stepped out of the water and walked on the water. That rhema word, that quickened word carried Peter on the water. He laid his hands on that word. He was sustained by it. And it was only when Peter let go of that word, when his hand came off the word, he took his eyes off of Jesus, that he sank and he didn't get the full blessing of what that word was to him. See, the Bible is so important in our lives. We are called to feed on God's word. Okay, feed on God's word. It's how we begin to know God, understanding him better and closer. When we are going through something that's tough, it's unfair, it's hurtful, and it's painful. When we are facing a lack of health, of provision, or even a lack of peace in our lives, when we are struggling and trying to keep our heads above water, get a rhema word from God. Get a word that's quickened to your spirit by the Spirit of God, and let that word sustain you. Turn to the person next to you. Just ask him, are you alive? Hello? Are you, is, this, is this hitting home? Is this like sinking in this morning? Just, just take your pulse. Like if I got a word like that, I'd be jumping all over the place. Here's some homework just for that. <clears throat> Here's some homework. Exodus chapter 16. I want you to read that whole chapter this week. Exodus chapter 16. And I want you to write down what the Spirit of God says to you out of that passage. You don't have to show me your homework. I'll see it in your life. 
Read it. Journal it. What is the Spirit of God saying to you from that passage? See, here's, here's the deal. God's people, they're in the wilderness. They've just come out of Egypt. They have no food. What they brought with them, they've now eaten. They've got nothing left and they're hungry. And they decide to have a bit of a whinge session at Moses and Aaron. And, and the Lord says to Moses in verse 4 of chapter 16, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Did you catch that? I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions and do the homework. Might not be the homework bit in there, but I'm sure it would have been if you'd have thought about it. See, this is the manna or the bread from heaven. Do you know what manna means? What is it? That's it. What is it? What is this? What is it? That's what it means. That's what manna means. What is it? In the, in the Bible commentaries and dictionaries I looked up, it said, what, I, what is itness? What, I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now. What is itness? Try saying that without spitting your falsies out. It's manna or bread from heaven that needed to be collected each day. Not a day. But you, I, I went out and I collected the bread about three years ago. Got a word from God. Really? How's it working for you? Well, it's a bit stale. No one else can get this word, this word for you. No one else can get this bread for you. You have to get it for yourself. You have to make it yours. This is your word. You're walking through this. You're walking through a circumstance. You've got to get this word for you. In verses 16 to 17, it says this. This is what the Lord has commanded. Each one. Each one, each person is to gather as much as he needs. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. An omer is around about one and a half kilos, just between you and me and the gatepost. So when you read the Bible and it's quickened to you or someone gives a word of knowledge, make that word yours. Grab that word. Stand on that word. Grab it and declare it over your life. Verses 19 to 20 says, Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. Moses was angry with them. God's people were not told not to keep yesterday's manna for today. We need today's manna for today. We need God's word for us today. When yesterday's word doesn't have the capacity to sustain us today. We need the Holy Spirit to quicken us a word for us today. There's a massive difference between fresh bread and yesterday's bread. Does anyone know the difference? It's dried out. 
And it's not long before it starts to go a bit off. What do you need from God today? We are responsible for getting what we need of the bread from heaven. God provides it. We go out and collect it. We get it. It's there for the taking. I want to tell you right here, this is fresh bread. This is fresh bread. Mine doesn't have dust on it. Just saying. Mine's got lots of stuff marked in it. Fresh from this morning even. What did I mark in there this morning? That's a great question, Gary. What did I mark this morning? Verse 18 out of Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I might need that one day. I don't need it today, but I know it's there now. It's marked, it's underlined. Hasn't gravitated towards the the coloured in bit yet. But it will. All right? If it plays nicely with the others, it'll get coloured in. All right? Jesus is the word of life. Jesus is the bread of life. The Bible says that. So here's my encouragement to you today. Search God's word for passages that are relevant to what you are going through. If you have a lack of provision in your life, then you don't need to be going and looking about how to do something that's completely different from that. Do a Google search. Google is the, is the greatest commentary on the Bible lately. It's just full of it. Okay? Just go do a quick search. If you're... All scriptures relating to healing, all scriptures relating to provision, all scriptures relating to, to um, restoration, all the scriptures that are talking about what you need in your life. Then here, here's the next thing that you need to do. Uh, this gets really difficult. I mean, this is hard work. You actually have to read those passages. I know that's a tough call. I know that it's really tiresome and and it's hard for us to spend time, you know, out of our busy day to, uh, to sit down and actually read those passages. I mean, heaven knows God could talk to you from those passages, you know. Well, why doesn't he just send it through the post or in my email? To Why can't I just read Pastor Jane's uh, word for the day that she posts up on, on Facebook? Well, he could do that. But you've actually got to read it. And you've got to believe that the Spirit of God is going to quicken something to you. Out of all the, the, the hits that you'll get, I guarantee you there'll be one or two, maybe three or four of those passages that the Spirit of God will have a wobble in your belly on. There'll be a kick. You need to go with that kick. Where he quickens, there is life. Where the Spirit of God quickens, there is life. Spend time with Jesus in his word. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you a living and quickened word that's going to help you in your season. See, we became the pastors of this church through a quickened word from the Holy Spirit. We've held on to that word for over 16 years and there's life in his word still. Because that for us is a today word. Until he changes things. Until he speaks specifically to us and says, Gary, it's time to wind that one up. We're moving you on to a new season and we're going to listen to that. He will give me a fresh word. 
that we can stand on in that season. But for us, that's a fresh word. See, Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 11, it's, it talks about the Word of God going out and it accomplishes everything that the Lord wanted it to, to achieve. So if God has got something for you, then He will speak to you about that and He will empower that Word in your life. Go with the kick of life from the Holy Spirit in God's Word. There is life in that Word, church. There is life in that Word. That quickened Word carries our breakthrough. It carries our provision. It carries our healing. It carries your peace. It carries your restoration. It carries your freedom in all the. It carries the, the calling back of the prodigal sons and daughters. It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. Don't let go of that word until its blessing is fulfilled in our life. No matter how long it takes. Be like Jacob when he wrestled with God in Genesis 32 verse 26. He said to, to the angel, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting go of that word until I see the fulfilment of that word come to pass in my life. I'm not letting go. How many not letting go people are there here today? Can I see a hand? Who is here and not letting go of the word of God for you today? Don't let go of the word. There's life in the Word. No matter how long it takes. 1575, praise God. Yours now from Coles. <clears throat> we may listen to and study the Word of God, but only when the Holy Spirit quickens, stirs the Word of God to our heart, does Logos become Rhema. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. And I want to speak to you this morning right here, right now. I want to say to you all, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Fight the good fight. Finish the race. Have faith in God and go with the kick. Go with the kick. The Spirit of God will speak something that will live in you. Have faith in God. Start small. Keep it simple and go with the kick. Let's stand. I love uh, iPhones, and uh, they're the apps that you can get off them. Uh, one that I read every day. It's got my Bible reading plan on it, and you can see it's the the blue, sorry, the the brown one just in the middle there. Uh, I'm happy to show this to you all at the end. Okay, if you you can't see that, it's the U version Bible app. Grab a plan from there. Start reading it. Whatever it is that you need, you're facing. There's Bible reading plans on provision. There's Bible reading plans on faith, on hope. 
on forgiveness, whatever it is that you need in your world today. Get into a Bible reading plan. And I believe that the Spirit of God will speak to you in that moment. He will give you a living word. It's a quickened word. The Spirit of God will speak to your heart as you do it. But you've got to be in the word. You've got to be in your I've got to tell you that it's no use trying to uh, believe for a quickened word if you're not giving the Holy Spirit anything to work with. Uh, you, look, God's God, all right? He's sovereign, okay? You might get a, a quickened word to you out of the advertiser, but I'm probably suggesting you're not going to, okay? I mean, he's good. He can do it. If, if he really, you know... It, if that's all you're giving him to work with, and it's just the verse of the day in the in the the column where there's the joke, and then you've got the verse of the day, and there's the, the like what happened on this day as well. If that's all you're giving him to work with, I guarantee God will use that. But give him something to work with. Give him something to work with. And you're saying, hey, Pastor Gary, how did you know that was there? Whoa. Because <laughs> I always like to read that bit. But I can tell you one thing. I don't miss this. I never miss this. Somewhere in my day, generally at the very start of my day, that's the first thing I pick up to read, is my Bible. This morning I I know I've spoken a lot, but I want to encourage you to have faith in God. Start small, keep it simple, go with the kick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people today. <clears throat> I thank you for speaking to them. And I pray for a hunger for fresh bread. For fresh bread. Every day, fresh bread. Fresh bread. I pray for fresh bread. A hunger for fresh bread today in Jesus' name. I pray for fresh bread In Jesus' name. I pray for fresh bread. Fresh bread. In Jesus' name. A hunger for fresh bread. In Jesus' name. I pray for a hunger for you. For you are the living bread. Father, thank you for your word today. Help us to not cast aside as something from the enemy, our homework. Help us to be in your word, to read over what you speak to us from your word, that it would help us in our walk throughout our day. And I thank you for great fruit coming from it. In Jesus' name. I don't know everybody here. Most people I do, I think, but there may be some that I don't. Just want to give an appeal. Maybe you don't know Jesus this morning. Maybe you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you never committed your life to him. But I would encourage you to go on a journey and discover for yourself who Jesus is, what he did, what was done to him, and what the, uh, the Father did through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus came to the earth as a man, lived here as a man, that he was brutally treated and then crucified. He was, died, he was killed. And then on the third day, he rose again, spoke with his disciples and other people around about. 
and then ascended to the Father. And my Bible says, These things I've written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. And I want to encourage you today to place your faith in Jesus so that you may receive the gift of eternal life that comes only through the Son. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. So I just pray, if you need Jesus, get in touch with us, because I believe that God will touch your life in a powerful way. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray that you bless and encourage your people. In Jesus' name.